Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my co-pilots. I have Greenbean and Matt O'Leary. Boys, how you doing tonight? Greenbean, I'm gonna kick it to you first. Man, I'm feeling good. I feel like the Jets are the best they've been in 12 years. I feel like the playoffs, I'm not even concerned in the slightest. And uh, I feel like we got a quarterback. So what's not to be happy about, Ryan? Come on, I'm in good mood. Ooh, Matt, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well. I missed you both very much last week. I was struggling last week. And how much I love you guys in this stream, I am at Taylor's to do it uh, because I'm getting work done at my house and it's just a shit show there right now. And mm -hmm. like, I was like, I just have to, one, get out of the house and two, just find a place quiet where I can talk some New York Jets football with my two buddies. Ugh, I love that. Boys and girls, if you're just hopping into the stream or the show, make sure you hit that like button. For every 25 likes we get, we're going to pick a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of this stream. And if you're watching after the fact, all you got to do is like, drop a comment down below this video after it's aired, and you'll be entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. Now, in the chat, I have uh, some poll questions. The, uh, the poll question is, how confident are you the Jets will make the playoffs? And it's broken down by 25% increments, so you can check that out in the live chat. Make sure you vote on that. And then at the pinned comment in the live chat has uh, Bam Knight up for Pepsi Rookie of the Week. So if you haven't voted for that, make sure you vote Bam Knight. Let's get another rookie from the Jets uh, what he deserves, what he's owed. Bam, bam. Crazy. Looking good. Looking good out there. So, Hell boys, yeah. let's bring it back around. Let's talk a little uh, Jets football. Jets lose 20-12 to 12 to the division rival, Buffalo Bills. Green Bean, I'll give you the floor first. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, well, for two weeks, you know, the second week in a row, I felt as though the Jets very easily could have won the game. That's what I feel like. Now, we didn't, so it sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I am just as disappointed as as most other people, but um, I don't know. I, I feel really good about about the team, man. You know, like, I, and I'll tell you exactly why. Number one, and I think most importantly, uh, the talent level on this team is like we haven't seen in a very, very long time, man. Like a very even 2015. Uh, there was a bunch of old heads, and they were talented, but they were at the end. You know, what I mean? they, you knew it. They were any minute now; they're just going to fall off a cliff, and they all did. Um, this is totally different. You know, we have guys that we're going to we're going to have for the next four or five years in some instances, and uh, and I'm really excited about it. But I think even more importantly, what I'm seeing in that young team is a a level of fight and the unwillingness to quit that I have not seen on a Jets team forever. That's fucking weird. What are you doing? Oh, no. Are, are we still live? I like it. Oh, we're live. I, I, I'm playing oh. around. I'm like, you know, whoever's talking, let's all see right. if I, like, throw yeah, them full right. screen. So I like get a little it. action. See, you got a beautiful backdrop. I want to check that out, yeah. and I want to see what right. Matt's girlfriend's house looks like. Well, look at it. Okay, as long as we're safe. I thought I was just, I thought I was alone. Like, I got kicked off the internet. It's like, oh, no, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah man i mean this team doesn't quit dude and again like 
look, in, in Minnesota, we had a couple, just an inch here, a catch there, and we win the game. It's not like, you know, like somebody said to me, a loss is a loss. And I, I disagree. 54 to 13, and the way that we lost the Buffalo game and even the Vikings game, completely different losses. And it leads me to believe that we have four games left. I firmly believe that we can win every single one of them. And if we win three, we're in. I don't give a shit that today we're not in the playoff. Dude, we were in the last six weeks. doesn't mean anything because the season's not over. So I don't get all caught up from week to week, but I'm really excited about the team while I'm obviously disappointed. It's Again, man, this is what we wanted. We said at the beginning of the year, I want a team that wins. I want a team that's competitive. And I want a team that in December we're playing meaningful football. Dude, it's December 13th. We're playing meaningful football, man. I mean, we are in the playoff hunt. We forget. This is what we wanted. We're here, and I'm happy. I love it. I love hearing all that. Now, Matt, I want to hear from you. What were your thoughts on the Jets' 20-12 to loss to the Buffalo Bills? Obviously, I was bummed out that they lost the game. I thought it was there for the taking, but – they, I thought they showed that they were resilient. I mean, we talked about it a little bit off stream before we got started here. The number of injuries that they faced in this game where uh, you have Mike White leave not once but twice. He got folded up like a taco the second time. I don't know how he was able to come back in this game to begin with. Uh, you lose George Fant, who's like your 55th starting right tackle on the season already this year. Uh, Quinton Williams, your best, arguably your best player on the team goes out. And that's obviously after you lose Brees Hall and AVT earlier in the year, it's like, this is just way too much to overcome. But even still for the second week in a row, they went toe to toe with one of the elite teams in the NFL. Buffalo is the one seed in the AFC. Minnesota's the number two seed in the NFC. And it was a one score possession. Um, with the Jets having the ball at the end of the game. They were right there both times. I feel really good about where the Jets are right now. Obviously, I would have loved a win in either of these two games, but they have winnable games coming up. I know Detroit, uh, everyone is riding them right now because they, they've been hot, but uh, give me a dome team coming to the Northeast in December and playing out in the elements against the top five defense every single time uh, against, you know, that, that Detroit defense is nothing to write home about. I know they have a high-powered offense, but uh, in the Dome and outside in the elements at MedLife are two very different things. So I'm confident with where this team is right now too. Yeah, I think when I look at this, uh, the last two losses specifically, I'm pretty – I know there's no moral victories, but I am like proud of this team. You look at where we were supposed to be and where we currently are now and to, to go toe-to-toe with the Vikings and – the Bills in back-to-back weeks in their own stadiums, I think, is a testament to where this team is. And Robert Sala kind of alluded to it. It's like, hey, that we're still a young team. We're learning how to win. We're learning how to close out games. We're learning how to go on the road. Um, all that good stuff. So I, I think this stuff will start, you know, clicking on all cylinders probably next year when we have a little bit more experience under our belt. But, yeah, I mean, this game for me was, was all about, you know, I, I would say this matchup in general. Last time we played the Bills – Good weather. We had uh, a missed field goal from the Bills. We had two turnovers that were very, like, not good throws by Josh Allen. Like, not, it wasn't like our guy made a play on the ball. It was our guy was there where the ball got delivered. That's kind of how I viewed those two interceptions. Um, 
and then we wind up winning by three points. This time around, we lose by one score, but we commit the two penalty or the the, the two turnovers, the fumble from Flacco, the fumble from Carter, and then the uh, penalty from Mosley was kind of the the other. That was our missed field goal, if you will, that uh, wound up leading to points for the Bills. And it was, it was just frustrating. It was discipline. It felt like the Jets could have been the team to win this game. Like, it, like it, I didn't feel like we were outmatched as much as it felt like we just kept dropping like flies. Like you mentioned earlier, Quinn and Williams going down, it just sucked the air right out of like my hopes and dreams for this game. Like as soon as I saw him go down, especially non-contact, I'm thinking the worst case scenario, I'm thinking, you know, torn ACL, something, something horrible like that. Luckily, you know, maybe he misses one extra game, but, uh, yeah. And then you, you lose Mike White and Fant like on the same play and you have backup tackle in with backup quarterback and Flacco. And then of course the sack gets given up by Remmers and the strip sack happens on Joe Flacco. And then the bills score some points off that. It's just so rough to see, you know, backups cause that type of, of chaos and, and losing, um, you know, ability in such a short period of time. And then even Michael Carter, like I, Michael Carter and Braxton Barrios, the last two yep. weeks have been yep. like brutal, but like, I Crazy. really, they're normally so sure handed. And like to have Carter, I, I can't even really blame him too much because he's going to the ground. He's just like it, the defender punched the ball out perfectly on him. And it was just brutal. It was just the worst time you could have possibly had that. But when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking like, oh, Bam Knight is doing amazing. And friggin' Michael Carter gets the handoff and he drops the ball. Like if Bam Knight drops the ball, at least I'm like, oh, you know, we were giving it to the guy that was, you know, getting the lion's share of the touches. He's a pretty exciting back. Um, but to have those two key events happen from players that were not necessarily like the the guys that were getting the majority of reps in yesterday or in Sunday's game was kind of frustrating. Greenbean, did you kind of feel that that same sort of way? You know, you know, well, let me say, like, like you said a minute ago, the, you know, and I was talking about this last week, you know, um, Berrios, right? Start with him. Berrios first was like, if you said, all right, you have one chance, the guy has to catch it on the goal line. He's in the conversation for the guys you pick. Like he's not the fastest, not the biggest, not the strongest, but he is reliable. Like he's a lock to catch a pass like he's just a lock the fact that it was him is crazy and then look he dropped another one and we were talking at halftime in the game with the weird punch shit like you're saying it's like i don't know what's happening there but just like you said michael carter is somebody that i trust with the ball in his hands and it's just a weird thing but it goes to show how incredibly close these games really are man that it comes down to a play like that and and matt said it like we're going toe-to-toe with the elites i mean only one team has a better record than those than the last two teams we played only one and we could have very easily if those guys that are locks just like if Brerios just held the fucking ball that's a win <clears throat> and if um you know uh, michael carter do we were definitely scoring the momentum was ours we had it we were they were on their heels we had it now give him credit, you know, give the, like you said, the defender knocked the ball out of his hands, but it's one of those things, man, like we're a young team. We can't quite, you know, seal it. Like we just, because we're young. As a matter of fact, I said that at, at the beginning of the year, I said, the way I want to lose, 
I, I'd want the blowout stuff to stop. I want going to sit in the stadium for two and a half hours of just complete, I know where, like the game's over in the first five minutes kind of thing. I want that to be in the past. I said, I want our games to be, our losses to be because we just can't close it out. That's exactly what we're seeing. And now it turns out that sucks too. It feels like shit, but uh, it's 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 totally it's much much better than losing. Other. I'm disappointed, but I'm very happy, Ryan. I I really am, even with those two guys. Yeah, dude, frustrating. I mean, like you you want to see us play competitive football in December, but then like you said, it's like these losses are are critical. The the Minnesota one would have given us a little bit of a buffer. Either one of these two games, I felt like we had to win one of them, and now. We had like the worst case situation where the Patriots wind up winning, the Dolphins wind up losing, but the Chargers wind up winning. So like that's not great either. So now like our best route to get through to the playoffs is going to wind up being probably within the division, uh, trying to knock out one of our division rivals for that uh, wild card spot. Matt, did you kind of feel that the injuries and and everything just sort of caused the Jets to sort of lose this game, just slip it away? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a huge part of it, and. I liked Green Bean's answer too about like they're just they're young. They don't always know how to close these things out. And sometimes like that's just the NFL. And I kind of hate the overreactions that we get week in and week out. People and you know, sometimes myself included. I'm not immune to this, but sometimes I feel like we're too reactionary uh after a loss. And I mean, we spelled it out. The the last two ones against Minnesota, the second best team in the NFC, and Buffalo, arguably the best team in the AFC. You are right there, and if a couple things break your way, you win that game. If Braxton Berrios catches the ball in the end zone, which is a ball he catches 99 times out of 100, the Jets win, and we're not having this conversation right now. If Michael Carter, who's been pretty sure-handed, doesn't fumble, then we're not having this conversation. If Mike White doesn't get hurt and Joe Flacco come in and miss a wide-open receiver and take a strip sack, we're not having this conversation right now. It's like you're a couple of things away and again, it, it's against like the cream of the crop competition. If you're now scared against like Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, um, and that's not to discredit any of those teams. There's obviously the any given Sunday approach, but hasn't this shown you, especially the last two weeks, that they could hang with any team in the NFL? Like that should be taken as a positive. Why is this like the sky is falling because now you're out of the playoffs? Well. Uh, have you looked at New England's schedule the rest of the way? They have a gauntlet. You think they're finishing ahead of the Jets? I don't. Um, the Chargers have Tennessee this week, and they ha- oh, you have it up there right there. The Colts. Oh, I got it up, what? baby. <laughs> we can talk some playoffs. Are the, are the Colts good? Not really, but guess what? The Chargers can't stop the run, and they have Jonathan Taylor. So, I think they probably go two and two. That puts them at nine and eight. Um, the the Patriots the last three games are a gauntlet, and I mean th- with the Dolphins I'm assuming the Bills win this week and then that very well could put you in a win and end situation against the Jets in that final week of the year which I know they didn't have two of the last time but they don't they're struggling right now they very well could lose three in a row they're not this you know juggernaut team that everyone thought they were going to be early on in the year when they're putting up millions and millions of yards so. Uh, I really haven't lost any confidence. Yeah, as I kind of look at the the outlook for the playoffs, and I think that's this is a good time to switch over. Uh, obviously, Robert Sala coming out and saying, uh, you know, we're going to see them again. Let me see if I have this pulled up here. Bam. We're going to see them again. 
Uh, not going to have that because it covered up Matt's face, but the <laughs> uh, obviously we're going to see them again, meaning we're going to get into the playoffs. Robert Sala has the confidence that we're going to get into the playoffs. Greenbean, did you have any issue with our coach saying this? No. It's the stupidest fucking thing in the world. And then, like, the press knows Garrett Wilson didn't hear it yet. They just asked him. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they make it into a thing. Garrett Wilson needs to know what the fuck you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. these guys are a bunch of blowhards. Um, nah, dude, why would I care about Sala uh, feeling like he's going to get into the playoffs and get into a match with them again? Why is that, why is that a concern on any level unless we really believe that he's so stupid that he doesn't know? Like, is he so dumb? Is that what we're, is that what we're concerned about? Is that Sala's a fucking complete moron? If not, no, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> Matt, kind of looking at at uh, the uh, you know everything in front of us. Were you irked by what Salah said? Do you think it was just confidence? What what what? How did you take the the coach's comments? I took it as he's confident in his guys and his defense. I mean, they have put Josh Allen in a blender this year in both games. I know they won, but he didn't play well. He had, he had a, a Zach Wilson like stat line. He threw for like 150 yards, one touchdown, no picks. That's you know. It, it, well, he wasn't phenomenal. They won the game because they capitalized off turnovers. And, you know, credit to them. They're a great team. It's very difficult to beat a team like the Buffalo Bills when you have that many injuries and, you know, two fumbles in those key spots. But I, I think he's confident in his guys, and he should be. And they love playing for him. So I, I think they love that backing. They're going to say, oh, our, our coach believes in us. We can do this. And I think they can. Yeah, I definitely saw it the same way. I, I felt like Salah was – showing confidence in his guys. He doesn't know, you know, where everyone else is as far as the other teams. He's not looking at scoreboards. He's not hoping other teams lose. We got to take care of our business because if we take care of our business, we get into the playoffs. I think that's, you know, kind of what he's, how he's feeling it. Now, obviously we need a little bit of help from the Patriots because I do feel like the Chargers are probably getting in. You look at the the final spots <laughs> that are up for grabs. It's going to be the three Wild card spots, obviously, with Baltimore and the Bengals both being at nine wins, the Jets not having that tiebreaker. We would need to win out, and they would need to lose three games for us to, uh, or they would have to lose three games. We would have to win three games, I guess. Either way, I figured that's probably unrealistic. Those two, one's going to win the division, which I think is going to be Cincinnati, and then Baltimore gets the first wild card spot. Now you're probably talking Chargers with the, the four games they have, Titans, Colts, Rams, Broncos. They could win all four of those. At the very least, I think they're winning three. Um, that is the easiest strength of schedule for any team heading into these final four weeks. The Jets actually have, I think it's like the second hardest as of right now, which is a little goofy to kind of think because I, I don't know how you guys feel about the Lions. The Lions obviously just put a, up a bunch of points against the Vikings. I think they've won like four or five games or something like that. Um, yeah, four in a row. Yeah, so if the Jets were not able to score in the red zone on Minnesota. Are you guys concerned with this upcoming game uh, with how the Lions have currently been playing? Matt, I'll throw it to you first. I'm going right to sleep. I, I'm not concerned. No, not at all. Because a few reasons. Uh, yes, they have a high-powered offense, but the, uh, most of this win streak, they have taken care of business at home. They won in MetLife against the Giants back in November, but as we know, November versus December weather in the Northeast is two very different animals. And the Giants' defense 
not very good. The Jets' defense, extremely good. Uh, and when they've went against elite defenses, they've struggled really bad. They were shut out by the New England Patriots earlier in the year outdoors. And they were, what, they were held to, I believe, six points against the Eagles, which is another elite defense. Um, Jared Goff, in 35-degree weather or lower, has one touchdown and five turnovers in four games. And Robert Sala is 4-0 and against Jared Goff in his last four games against him. Um, mm. I think the Jets win by 10 this week. I'm confident. Ooh, ooh, Green Bean, you nervous at all about what the Lions have been doing? Nope. Uh, now, again, I'm not discrediting them. They're good. You know, they're better. You know, they're on a streak, and so they're better than they looked like they would be at the beginning of the season. Of course, they're playing hard. They're excited. I think we are the better team. Uh, again, we just took two of the elite teams in the NFL uh, to the ropes. Um, you know, yeah, they beat them, but they they beat the Vikings. There were, there were a lot of bombs. They're not getting those those off on us. They're just not, in my opinion. And I think we're going to rough them up. I think uh, I think Matt said like by ten. I, I don't want to sound overconfident, but the I'm very confident. I feel good about our team. I feel good about our ability to beat them. And uh, concern is not the word that I'm feeling. Guys, if you're just hopping into the stream, make sure you hit that like button for every 25 likes we get on this video. We're going to take a qualifier for our t-shirt giveaway at the end of the stream. And if you're listening to it after the fact, leave a comment on this video and you'll get entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. And don't forget to vote on our poll question in the live chat as well as vote for Bam Knight as Pepsi Player of the Week, Rookie of the Week. Uh, that is the pinned comment in the live chat as well. So make sure you vote as many times as you want for that. Uh, let's hop over to a few comment questions here. Uh, thank you, NYJets24. I don't see anything attached to that, but uh, thank you all the same. We have, let's see, Joseph Purdy comes in, says, so with Bam Knight breaking out, what does this mean for Michael Carter and James Robinson? I can't really see any of those two taking running back three spots, to be honest. Uh, well, James Robinson's contract is expiring at the end of this year. We can either choose to hit him with a restricted free agent tender or we could allow him to walk. I do think the Jets are going to let him walk uh, in free agency. I don't think he has shown enough for us to invest any kind of money in. And you look at the emergence of Bam Knight and Brees Hall coming back next year, and then Michael Carter is going to be running back three. And I don't think Michael Carter is going to have any issue with that. The guy's been a team player the entire time he's been here. I think he will support that role. Uh, and he will do well at it. I, I think our backfield for next year is perfect. Matt, I want to throw this to you first. How do you feel about our running back situation? I feel great about it. I know Michael Carter struggled this year, and James Robinson's really been bad since coming to the New York Jets, but as you mentioned, he's an RFA, so you could just slap a tag on him and, and let him sign somewhere else, and you get a compensation back. Um, and as for Michael Carter, look, you're going to need the running back depth with Brees coming back from injury. I'm sure he's going to be on some kind of pitch count. I'm not going to say, you know, he's going to Brees is going to stink next year because he's hurt this year. I don't think that's fair, but you need the depth. And I'm confident that Michael Carter, Bam Knight and Brees Hall, that's a really damn good running back trio. Um, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. Greenby, what about you? How do you feel about the trio of Bam, Brees and Hall? And do you think there's any issues with Carter and Robinson? Um, no, I mean, uh, Look, I, I think our running backs are fantastic, man. I mean, you know, it sucks that Brees went down, of course, but 
The fact that we can fall back, and I know Carter had the fumble, but Carter's a stud, dude. And the fact that we can fall back on Carter and now Bam Knight, who's probably looking like he's even better. I'm, I've been voting for him steady, by the way, guys, for Rookie of the Week. Literally, while we're here, I'm just voting. <laughs> voting. I probably did it, with no exaggeration, 35 times since this stream has started. If you haven't voted for Bam Knight to win Rookie of the Week, you are doing a disservice. You're a terrible fan. Get on the damn website and vote for him. Uh, it's going to be tough this week. Everybody's got a hard on for Brock Purdy. We got to overcome the Brock Purdy madness. But yeah, I mean, I don't look. Truth is, I don't really agree with the non-usage of James Robinson. I get it. Fifth, first, sixth round pick. Why the fuck did you trade for him? You know what I mean? Like, like just like uh, in uh, Minnesota, like he. I think his his uh, stat is something like eight out of eight from the five yard, you know, goal line. He gets a touchdown. Like, why aren't we running him in from the one-inch line? He's 100%. So, like, that kind of stuff, that's what bothers me as far as Robinson. Now, maybe he's a complete douche and everybody hates him. I don't know. But I think that you traded for him. We should use him. The sixth or the fifth, be damned. Who cares? Just win some damn football games. Uh, I, You know, you don't have to use him like you are Bam Knight or Michael Carter. They can be in front of him. That's fine. But I think they should be using the damn guy, uh, particularly in goal-to-go situations. He's a stud down there. And I, I just think it's a mismanagement, um, uh, you know, w- with the talent on the team. But, hey, we've seen them mismanage talent before. It's a young – look, we still got to remember it's a young coaching staff, dude. Like, they're going to make their mistakes. And, quite frankly, they've done more than enough for me to allow mistakes like that, even though I'd wish they would – it is what it is. I think they're doing a damn good job, quite frankly. Uh, Albert Jimenez, thank you so much for the super sticker. I saw your comment just below it saying, our future is brighter than the Milky Way galaxy, so be optimistic. No matter what happens this year, we've finally found some exceptional young elite talent. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm so excited about. Like, when you start going through this roster and you're saying, okay, Garrett Wilson, uh, Brees Hall, AVT, um, Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams. And like, you just, you, you keep going each one through the list and you're like, Jermaine Johnson. Like, wow, we got a bunch of really good dudes. DJ Reed, like Whitehead, like all these guys are young and hungry. I love what's happening here. Like regardless of how the season finishes out. And I don't want to get it like confused at all. Like if we finish with nine wins, that's where I was hoping we'd be at the beginning of the season. But because of where we were midseason, my expectations have changed. So while I'll see this season overall as a, a good step in the right direction and setting us up well for next year, I would still consider us missing the playoffs a disappointment for the second half of this season. Um, but like Albert says, we just have some incredible young talent. Matt, what do you think about our young core here? I love it. Um, it's so exciting. It makes it so much fun to watch week in and week out. Uh, I mean, we, we know it the best. We've covered this team over the last few years through a 2-14 and 14 season, through a fraudulent 7-9 and nine Adam Gase year, uh, through the ups and downs of a rookie quarterback and rookie coach last year. It was, it was tough, but you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And, like, I saw this on Twitter today, and it's so 
freaking wild. When you think about all the misses that the Jets have had in the draft over the years, especially, you know, like the McCagnan era and a little bit before we started doing this thing, but they have the favorite for the defensive rookie of the year. They had the favorite for offensive rookie of the year in Brees Hall. He gets hurt. And now Garrett Wilson's the favorite to win offensive rookie of the year now. So they essentially had at one point three different favorites to win offensive and defensive rookie of the year from the same freaking draft class. That's insane. Yeah. And what's crazy is like Brees Hall was going to be offensive rookie of the year. Zach leaned on him completely. Zach uh, Brees goes down. The offense just gets stifled, and then Zach gets pulled out. Mike White gets interjected, and now all of a sudden Garrett Wilson starts going off again. And it's just like, wow, this we are so talented in so many different ways. Regardless of who the quarterback is, we have different ways that we can beat you when we're fully healthy. Greenbean, your thoughts on our young, talented core here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, 64.8% of why I'm so friggin' excited, man. I mean, look at these guys. You know, I mean, and that's, look, that includes... The Michael Carters, the AVTs, mm-hmm. and the Brandon Eccles, and the Michael Carter the seconds. I mean, the last couple years of drafting has been nothing short of stellar. Like stellar. And then you got the undrafted free agents, Bryce Huff and Bam Knight, those kinds of guys. And it sucks that we lost Jonathan Marshall. He was another one. Dude, he, by the time if if he stayed on the team, by the time training camp came, training camp came next year. That guy would have been on our roster for two full years. Perfect pipeline guy to replace like a like a uh, Nathan Shepard or a Solomon Thomas or one of those guys. I'm really heartbroken over that. But when you look around the the roster, dude, most of our our impact players are going to be here for four or five years. It's it's like insanity. And uh, to think, to think. People wanted Joe Douglas fired. They thought he was a terrible general manager because they didn't want to give him a second to fucking gut this shithole and uh, and rebuild the place. Uh, I think it's just it's the best thing in the world, man. I love our young players. They get me pumped up uh, week after week. Like you said, it was Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson's a complete stud and Bryce Huff and I mean it's it just goes all up and down the roster. I think it's amazing, man, and I can't wait to add some more young studs to the mix. NY Jets twenty four comes in says Joe Douglas needs to seriously assess Mike Lafleur. Uh, in the next four games, if he can get it done as offensive coordinator, he has to go next year. The pressure is on. We have to score points, and especially in the red zone. I disagree, NY Jets. I don't think uh, LaFleur should be any in any kind of hot water right now. I mean, if, if you want to say maybe we're, we're dialing up the temperature a little bit these last four games because it's been so critical the last two, um, like I think that's fair, but we were in position in the Minnesota game to win that game. Barrios just has to hold on to the ball. Not to mention all the uh, the tiny mistakes or, or little things that went wrong. Garrett Wilson slightly stepping out of bounds. Mike White slightly missing Garrett Wilson. Sorry about that. Um, Garrett Wilson. Uh, Corey Davis getting shoestrung tackled. You know, as he's about to run into the end zone from you know 15 yards out or whatever it was when he caught the ball. I, I think there's a lot of opportunities that. The Jets have almost been there, and Michael Flores put them in those situations. Now, look, uh, is he perfect? No, absolutely not. I don't. I hate seeing shotgun runs. Now, I'm not 
in the the meeting rooms. I don't know if maybe it's something with LaFleur or with uh, with Mike White. Maybe he doesn't like being under center. Maybe he prefers being in the shotgun, and that's why they're doing it. So that's the run pass option. Or maybe they don't trust their offensive line and they don't trust the the dropping back. Uh, you know, five step, seven step drops, and being in the shotgun at least gives you a little bit more time to to maybe process um, and throw the ball out there. So, I, look, I don't want to make a ton of excuses for Lafleur, but I've really liked what he's brought to this team in the last two years. I'd love to see him get a second year with a, a quality quarterback um, and seeing how they could develop. And and let's talk briefly for a second about how awesome it is to watch Brock Purdy in San Francisco going off the way he went off because that. It raises an interesting question. Do you need a franchise quarterback or can you like surround a roster with so many good, talented pieces and have a system quarterback like, uh, you know, Purdy or Garoppolo or Mike White or someone of that caliber and wind up having some success? So I'm, I'm fascinated to see just where this season goes with with the 49ers in particular uh, and really the last four games with us. But um Matt, I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about Mike LaFleur, and should he be in some hot water? I think they should fire him right now. I'd see what Dow yeah. Loggins is up to. I know he just got a promotion. So he's the offensive coordinator at South Carolina, but maybe <laughs> yeah. you can throw him some shekels and get him back. Um, look, that's not to say that Mike LaFleur is uh, scot-free of any criticism. You can criticize him. I think some of his decisions in the red zone, he can get a little too cute. Uh, I agree. I don't like on third and fourth and short when they're in the shotgun. That bothers me. But even like I was getting calls last week after the Vikings game, and it's like LaFleur really blew this one. And while there were, again, there were some things he did that I didn't like, they had almost 500 yards of offense. 500. When have we ever seen the Jets have that kind of offense over the last few years? I just, I don't think you should pull the plug on this yet. Greenbean said it earlier, this coaching staff is young. They're still developing. He's had three different quarterbacks. He's had a million different offensive linemen. He's lost his best running back. I'm I'm not pulling the plug on Mike LaFleur. Has he been great? No. Has he stunk? Also no. I don't think that's worth being fired over. Greenbean, I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think about Mike LaFleur, and should he be in some hot water? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, I understand why New York, you know, NY Jets 24 feels that way. And I'd be lying if I told you uh, that during the games, I didn't yell obscenities directed at the young, good looking (laughs) booth man, Mike LaFleur. But the truth is, and like, you know, uh, even in the like in the Vikings game, right, I had lots of issues with his selection of plays in the red zone, no reason to do trick plays and, you know, all those kinds of things. Why are we passing free times from the fucking one-inch line? All those kinds of things. But the truth is, is that if Berrios catches the ball, we win. And that, you know, Mike LaFleur has been able to scheme guys open for many, many weeks, dude. Like Zach Wilson just couldn't find people. Whatever it is, right? I'm not throwing stones at our 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 little cutie pie, Zachy Poo. I'm not doing that, but he can't find anybody. You know, guys were open all over the place. And, but when it, so when it comes to an offensive coordinator, like we're willing to give all these guys time. We're willing to give Salah, you know, this, and he's clearly got the chops to be, I mean, he is a pretty astute offensive mind. You can see it. Like there are, there's beautiful play designs going on. Is he going to be perfect? No. I think we got to give these guys more than, you know, uh, just, you know, 10 minutes to, 
you know, to, to succeed. We have to allow them to develop, you know, like, you know, getting rid of guys every two years, it has not worked for us. And it's one thing if they show nothing, you know what I mean? Like this guy is a complete stick in the mud. He sucks. That's not LaFleur. So I think while I get it, I think again, you know, if Michael Carter doesn't fumble, if, if Barrios catches it, if Garrett Wilson doesn't step out of bounds, like we win and we're not talking about these things. Uh, that all said, I think Lafleur, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to take some bumps in the road uh, while we watch him grow. Uh, but the the good news is, I don't think he's getting a head coaching job like everybody was fucking freaking out about three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, yeah, it's, it's always like be fr- be afraid, no matter what it is. Be miserable. That's how news that's works, don't that. you know? You got to you got to drive the algorithm, oh, C- yeah. create panic, and just like get people all fired up. Yeah, no, look, I mean, it, it was funny. It's ridiculous. Oh, Michael Lafleur might get poached for a head coaching job uh-huh. because we hired a defensive minded head coach. Uh, that yes, that would be a perfect, you know, situation to happen. I want Michael Lafleur to do so well that other teams want uh-huh. him to be our head coach, uh, be their head coach. <laughs> right. That's that is a good problem to have, hundred yeah. percent. Uh, all right, Brian Bogan uh, dropped in. He said possibly two running backs, rookie of the week in year one in JD. We trust. Yeah, I think Bam's gonna get. It. I think we got enough of Jets Twitter and Jets, you know, social media to to push this across the finish line here. Um, yeah, look, Bam Knight, Sauce Gardner, uh, Brees Hall. Who's the other one? Garrett Wilson. Crazy. I want JJ to get one. I really want yeah, JJ to get. Uh, like I thought maybe the, you know, a, a, the, um, what did he have? He had the block punt and then he had, he had one week where he had a sack. I just, I want him to have enough stats and I feel like yeah. we're not going to get it because Lawson's kind of eaten up those, those, uh, reps, but, uh, yeah, two running backs, uh, rookie of the week in one year, Matt, how do you think, how do you feel about that? We're, we're in the trust circle here, guys, right? Like this is, this is a safe space for me. Oh, just yeah. Just everyone here. If we're being honest, Brock Purdy should win it this week. I want Bam. I want Bam Knight to win it that's, for that's the fair. Jets guy. But if we're being if we're being real, well, that's I mean, there's a few uh, the, the last few that's weeks that probably you know shouldn't have nope. gone to the Jets. This is the equivalent of the Pro Bowl voting, and that's okay. We're gonna dominate it. Exposure, baby. Yeah. We get no, screwed everywhere that. else. I, I love Bam Knight. I think he's a, a great guy to have on this team. We saw it in the preseason. We were all yelling, why didn't he make the team over Ty Johnson? But he's getting his chance now, and he looks damn good. Joe S. drops yeah. in. He says, all we talk about is Mike White versus Zach, root for the Jets. Uh, yeah, it's because it's the most important position, Joe. It's what we're talking about, and especially because we have to figure out what we're going to do for next year if we really have the Super Bowl aspirations that you know all of us kind of feel like we should for next season. Um but yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a little mentally exhausted because of it as well, so I'm not going to lie there. Uh, Scuttlebuttle says, Jared Goff's QBR at home is a 104 away is an 81. Uh, so that is quarterback rating. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say QBR, two different scales. QBR is one out of 100, uh, where quarterback rating is one out of 146.3. Is that right? 53. 53.8. 50, yeah, it's yeah. like something like, that. something like that. What does it um, all mean, Matt? Matt, what does it all mean? I, 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 I no just idea. never I never absorbed QBR. I just didn't. I don't know what it is. I just, eh. Does it mean anything? I, I, no, I don't know. I, I use I use the eye test a little bit more than some of those yeah. things. 
I like yeah, situational percent. awareness, right? Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yards per attempt helps a little bit because then you could be like, oh, this wow, this guy threw for 350 yards, but he threw the ball 72 times. Like, that's not the best <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. QBR and passer rating is a, a little bit overrated. You can't put all the stock into it. Uh, Cafe drops in and says, why was Ty Johnson not playing third downs last game for Mike to check down? I found that to be strange. I like Ty as a good safety net for Mike. Do we see him back on third downs? I think they're going to have to take a really hard look at who blocks the best, and that's who should be in on third downs because our offensive line is such a detriment right now, and I'm all for having the tight ends chip, but I think you do need a running back that can lay a block as well, and Michael Carter isn't always the best at that. Um, Greenbean, I want to hear your thoughts on this. You want to see Ty Johnson in the backfield on third downs? Well, I've been calling for Ty Johnson to be used more for years. And, uh, yeah, I agree. Ty Johnson is the most trustworthy guy we have uh, in pass protection, so he should definitely be in there. Cafe, by the way, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, look, Ty Johnson has some skills, but he's – probably the worst pass protecting running back that we have uh now they say he's improved a little bit i did see a couple weeks ago he had a couple nice blocks maybe he's better but i think that he's probably not in there because they don't trust him in that respect he's really he's done very very poorly uh now uh i think um michael carter does a good job you know he does a good job for the most part in, in pass protection and I think, like Ryan said, it's probably to do, you know, to do with, you know, who do they trust to get the block, and also potentially be a safety valve uh, for for the quarterback. I, I don't know, man. Ty Johnson, he's an anomaly to me. Again, I know he's got talent, but he's very unreliable. He's scary, and I lean toward they're probably a little afraid to put him in there in those situations because they know he's hit or miss. It's my thought. Matt, Ty Johnson, you want to see him in on third downs? I was surprised they went away from him because for a while it felt like he was the guy um, on third downs. Maybe the emergence of um, our guy Bam Knight is part of the reason for that. Um, I agree. A third down running back, they have to be able to pass protect. That's a big thing. Ty scares me with that. I do like Ty as a runner. Um, I, I think really more so in 2020 than – Last year in 2021 was really tough for him, but um, I'm not necessarily banging the table for Ty Johnson to get more reps, but with how Michael Carter's looked the last couple weeks, maybe he still has a nagging injury. James Robinson could still kind of be banged up, so maybe Ty's looking more like RB2 this week, uh, reps-wise behind Bam Knight. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Brian drops in says can we lovingly call him big d mike after last week big d mike i don't know i feel like big dick nick kind of went so well um i I think mike so do i mike f and white it's mike white is the most generic like person like like you google mike white it's not even like our mike white (laughs) He's not even the most popular guy with his no. name. It feels like you can walk into any like supermarket or farmer's market or something like that. Just, hey, Mike White. And be, oh, that guy's turning around. Like, like it's the most generic name you've ever seen. And I love it. Mike F. and White. It just rolls off the tongue oh so nicely. Um, Greenbean, you think of any uh, – what, what do you think of Big D, Mike? 
Uh, I think Brian, our our good buddy Brian Bogan. I think uh, I think you're you know you're uh, you're trying to do something called gild the lily. You know what that means, Ryan? You know what gilding the lily is? I don't, but uh, based on flower knowledge, that's kind of concerning, and I'm interested to see where this goes. <laughs> well, there's a there's a you know what it means is that there's something that's already gorgeous. You don't need to cover it in gold. It doesn't improve hmm. the look. So you don't there's no need to gild the lily. Mike Ooh, F and like White that. is perfect. Mike F and White's about the best damn thing. Uh and it when it was organic, it was I think it was Michael Carter. He said, That's Mike F and White, you know? Uh so yeah, I don't see the need to to um to change that, no matter how long his uh phallic uh, member may be. I don't know. I mean, even if it is huge, I think we stay with Mike F and White, Brian. Well, I hope he drops the hammer all over the lines this week. Uh, <laughs> Sir Robin comes in with a super chat, says, promote Strevler. There's no way in hell the, uh, that three weeks solves the mechanics problem, dumps the hero ball mentality, and wins back the locker room. Yeah, look, for me, Zach Wilson is not going to play another game for the New York Jets this year. And I think the offseason is the perfect time to sort of reset that mental clock. Then you're going to have a slightly adjusted roster coming into next year. You're going to give people a little bit of time to kind of forget. And you can kind of, you know, go back to the excuses that, you know, the Zach fans and that we have sort of brought up is, hey, you know, Zach was five and two at the time. And I think when you get into next like summer, you can kind of justify some things in your head. You can say, okay, he was five and two at the time. His two losses were against the best coach of all time. You know, look, they were within like a score each of those games. It was really close. Um, yeah, I don't know. Promoting Strevler, I like it. I'll be honest. I do not want to see Mike White ever take, or sorry, not Mike White, Joe Flacco, Flacco. ever take another stamp in a New York Jet uniform. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily want Zach you know, suited up or I don't want, I don't want to have the chance of him possibly coming back in. I think it, it doesn't make sense to have that, but I don't know how you jump Strevler for him. Like for me, I think you almost have to put Zach as the backup in the event that white gets hurt. You have to bring someone up because you can't just let white start taking shots this week and only have Flacco as your backup. Matt, I want to hear your thoughts on possibly promoting Strevler. See, I like the idea of having him active in, like, a specialty package, like for mm -hmm. Taysom Hill or, like, Colin Kaepernick before he took over for Alex Smith in 2012. Like, I think that makes sense. I don't know if he can run an NFL offense play after play. Like, for instance, like, let's say worst-case scenario, Mike White, you know, gets sacked in the first quarter, takes a big shot, and has to leave. Are we comfortable with – Strevler having to play three quarters every single snap. Maybe, maybe, maybe we are. Um, he's a lot of fun, but I, as you said, it can't be Joe Flacco. It, it, he looks so disinterested. He's a statue yeah. and had two net negative plays with the, the strip sack and missing a wide open target. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I think almost by default, it has to be Zach. And I'm not saying that it is mechanics or everything is going to be fixed in just three weeks, but I'll take my chances with what we saw earlier in the year from Zach as a backup than having to sit through Joe Flacco again. Because I just don't think they view Strebler as like an every down real quarterback option. Greenbean, what about you? You want to see Strebler activated? 
I do. I mean, I uh, I want to second what's being said about Joe Flacco. With all due respect, thank you for Cleveland. You had a, you know, just a storied career, old man Joe. The entire team, like the the air got sucked out of even the defense during that period when Mike White went into the locker room and Joe Flacco was out there. He missed a wide open duty, fumbles the damn ball. The other plays were negative as well. And it's like even the defense sucked when he was out there. Mike F. White comes running back and the whole, all the energy went back up on both sides of the ball. Dude, Joe Flacco, let him just be on the team as a quasi quarterback coach. Like keep him on the 53 if you must. Make him inactive. Make him be one of the guys who doesn't suit up. You know, uh, one of the, well, you know, the other four guys that doesn't suit up. So we can be on the sideline for uh, Mike or Zach or whoever's starting. And you have, if it's Zach Wilson as backup, it's Zach Wilson as backup. If it's Streveler at backup, you should have Streveler at backup. That said, I also like the idea of having three. Like, you know, if you, if it's Zach as the backup, having some packages with a, with a Streveler. But even, even if that's not in the cards, I just don't think having Flacco as the number two is very, is beneficial in any capacity whatsoever, get him off the damn field. At least if Streveler ran out there, something could happen. You know what I mean? I, fucking Joe Flacco's <laughs> a dud. Man. He's done, dude. He's done. Jersey drops in with a super chat, says, Mike F. and White today, tomorrow, through the playoffs. Zach Wilson is quarterback, too, because if Mike White goes down, I can't see another Flacco flop. Kind of echoing <laughs> what Matt uh, was just saying there. I, I, I can agree with that i guess i would rather have zach as the number two quarterback because you can't really jump strevler in front of him and i don't want to see flacco again so touche touche uh kevin drops in says before the season i predicted a 10 and 7 record and a wild card spot now i think the jets will go 11 and 6 to get a wild card spot we got a win out here uh matt jets winning out i think they can um I'm at 10 and 7 right now, and I think that would be enough to get them in. But if you told me the Jets won their next four games, that wouldn't shock me at all. I think they're all winnable games. As we said multiple times on the stream, they could hang with anybody. Yep. Andrew drops in. Andrew says, boys, how do you guys see the O-line looking next year? This is a good question. And for me, when I'm looking at outside free agents, like I have said before, internally, this offseason is all about our own guys, re-signing Quinn and Williams, bringing back Mike White, trying to retain Quan Alexander and Quincy Williams, trying to rework contracts in C.J. Mosley and possibly either Corey Davis or Carl Lawson. See if they want to be here for a little bit longer on a cheaper deal. Um, but when I look at outside free agents next year, Jack Conklin for me has to be the number one option because we were in on him what was it, two years ago or three years ago, whenever he was initially a free agent. So Joe Douglas obviously likes him. He's only continued to play like a great tackle over in Cleveland. And then when you start start to think about like how this makes our offensive line look, if you plug in Conklin on the right-hand side and you have Max Mitchell, back him up. Then on the left-hand side, you have Dwayne Brown coming back next year, assuming he doesn't retire or need some like career-ending surgery or something along those lines. Let's assume he comes back. 
Then you have Makai Becton versus Dwayne Brown. Hopefully, Becton can win that uh, starting role away from Brown, and Brown's your backup guy. Now you have Tomlinson at left guard, McGovern at center, because I do think we wind up bringing him back. I don't think he's, you know, some ungodly level of of center by any stretch of the imagination. I think you you could uh, improve there, but I don't think it would be wise to bring in a rookie in a Super Bowl caliber um, atmosphere, maybe. So I would try to retain McGovern for a, probably a lesser contract. I don't think he's going to off, get offered a crazy ton of money. There's only like four, I think it's four centers that are paid over $10 million. And uh, I don't think he's going to be one of them next year. Uh, and then obviously you have AVT coming back on the right guard spot. So Matt, I want to hear from you. How do you feel our offensive line could be looking for next year? Yeah, um, I think the draft is where I would go. In the first round, I think I'm taking a tackle. Um, and I think at, he could either come in and play right tackle for the first year uh, and then move him over to left side, which is something that happens pretty often in the, in the NFL. Um, or if Max Mitchell's back and looks like he's playing at the capacity we saw earlier in the year, have him play at right tackle. I want to move AVT back to right guard. I just want to put him in a spot and forget about him. Um, mm-hmm. I love that he has the versatility to play anywhere, <laughs> left guard, right guard, right gu- right tackle, left tackle. But can we just get this guy in a spot and let him do his thing? I think that would be best for him. I think Connor McGovern is someone uh, who I think you have to bring back. I think he's been really solid in the run game, uh, especially. Um Becton's the question mark, as as always. I don't think you can go into next year trying to rely on him as a as a starter, but um, I think you're looking for a tackle, and I would go uh, through the NFL draft in the first round for a tackle, I think. Uh, I do agree with you. In conjunction with what I uh, said previously, taking a tackle in the draft would also be nice. I just don't know if I want to rely on like the 20th pick tackle, potentially, to be our starter. Um, I guess it depends how much Jack Conklin wants. That's that's probably part of where it is. I also have a part of me that feels like Joe Douglas needs to be able to hit on linemen outside of the first round. I just don't know what other position you go for in the first round if it's not a tackle. Like, I don't necessarily want to jump at safety in in the first round. Center, I don't particularly want to do. Um, Linebacker, not so much. I feel like tackle, I mean, uh, maybe edge rusher. Like, maybe there's an outside shot at that. Um, I don't really know. Greenbean, how are you feeling about the offensive line next year? Uh, well, I, I, I like, uh, most of what you were saying. I also think, uh, I think our draft should look something like offensive line, safety, offensive line, offensive line, linebacker. Like that's Mm -hmm. what I think we should fucking do. Becton can't be relied upon, but I do believe if you don't rely upon him, he's going to be awesome. Like, that's what I think. Just take Mm -hmm. the emphasis off it take any stress, like be ready with a stud, you know, like a rookie that's going to start and then just let Becton and him battle it out. If he gets hurt or whatever, he's, he goes to the bench, but, uh, if he wins, he wins. And, um, and then you got a good situation there, but, um, I like keeping Connor McGovern. I think you're right, Ryan. I don't think he's going to break the bank. I mean, he's going to want to get paid because it's more than likely his last contract. And he's playing really well. And guys, he's in the system. Like, don't forget when you bring guys in, there's a there's a there's a period of time 
that it takes to adjust. It's, you know, that, that has value. And Conor McGovern has been balling out the last few weeks, man. Um, and, uh, and he's kind of the leader of the line. I think the longer you can keep an offensive line together, the better. I don't know what Dwayne Brown's going to do. If he wanted to play another year, I'd, I'd keep Dwayne Brown maybe, you know, but I think Matt's right. I want to see ABT be the, I don't care if it's left, right. Just put him there. Herbig's a stud. He's 24 years old. He's good enough to start in my opinion. Um, but I would bolster it with draft picks and, uh, and uh, yeah, I think um, it's got to be a focus, man. Because clearly, uh, I mean, look—you can't prepare for, you know, six tackle injuries. You know what I mean? You can't. You just can't do that. But uh, we have to realize that that's obviously possible. So the best we can do to bolster that unit is going is is what we need to do, in my opinion. Brian Bogan says, thoughts on keeping Mike White as the starter and holding on to Zach Wilson for Taysom Hill-type packages. He's quick and can catch a pass. I wouldn't hate that, but I think Zach Wilson absolutely will hate that. I think you will see Zach Wilson, if it's clear the offense is not going to go through him, it's going to go through Mike White. Um, It wouldn't shock me if we start hearing the trade, uh, you know, rumors start flying right around training camp time i think that would be the time if there were to be a trade when it would happen um i would love to do this i think this is more of a strevler type role as matt alluded to earlier i don't think zach would necessarily be on board with this matt what are your thoughts no um i don't think that's the the plan there um i also don't necessarily think that they trade him i know that there's a lot of people i get it in my comments i don't i'm sure you guys do too it's like i don't want to see zach in a jets uniform ever again after this year <laughs> uh, i don't i don't know man i think he might be here i'm not saying that he's gonna start i really think we're like i think we're coming down the pike to a mike white zach wilson summer battle for the job um i don't think they bring in a veteran i think they give uh mike white a pretty nice contract paid like a lower tier starter like a two-year deal um and he's either going to be an expensive backup or a cheap starter and zach wilson will have another chance to win it and if he can't he'll be here in case there's an injury or if another starting quarterback gets hurt and someone wants to pay a premium for um the former number two pick but i don't think this guy is just going to get cut or traded for scraps just because i don't think they're completely out on him yet yeah, no, you, you can't trade him for scraps if for exactly what you just said. In the event that we wind up having an injury to Mike White, at the very least, your floor can be Zach Wilson, who you thought was going to be your franchise quarterback anyway. I'm totally good with holding on to him. I don't think you have to move him. And you look at, you know, Mike LaFleur's brother, Matt LaFleur, over in Green Bean, uh, Green, Green Bean, in Green yeah. Bay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you look over there, they have Jordan Love sitting on the bench for how many years? I know, obviously, it's behind Aaron Rodgers, not behind Mike White. Um, but I don't think there's any harm in having your quarterback sit and learn and just kind of take his lumps. The average uh, roster turnover is three years. So by the time Zach sits for a little bit, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he could be the guy if White doesn't wind up being the dude. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. Uh, Nicholas, George the King, says they traveled all over the country with Zach. He'll get them back. Traveled all over the country, Zach. He'll get, oh, he'll get the, uh, the the skill position guys back. That's what he's saying because um, of all the uh, the camp stuff. Uh, Scuttlebuttle 
comes in, says, crappy mechanics, went five and two, just saying, this is the the most mind-numbing comment that I get on a daily <laughs> basis. And Scuttlebuttle, I love you, brother. But like the five and two, like, oh, Zach led us to five and two. Like, I, I get it. Like there there's some level of um, you know, <sighs> onus or whatever. It was some level of of uh, Zach Wilson factor got us those, you know, to that five and two. I do think that once he lost Brees Hall, the the wheels started to come off. Um, so I I I don't agree that the five and two is is Zach's calling card by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he has obviously some input there, but I, I just, I think we were winning in spite of Zach. And if we had had, you know, Mike White playing those games at the caliber he's played the last three weeks, I think uh, we at the very least win those same games. I, th- I think the only argument maybe you might have is the Steeler game and the fourth quarter. Not that I don't think Mike White could do that, but I think um, because of how Zach performed, I think it's just, it might be a little tougher to, to kind of replicate uh Greenbean, i want to hear your thoughts on this one crappy mechanics five and two with zach just saying i think the five and two thing like that argument and in your hearts in everybody use scuttlebuttle jets forever everybody else that's using the five and two argument you know in your heart that is as frail of a defense as you can possibly muster. The guys had 110 yards. He was completely bailed out by the rest of the team. Now, look, there were games like the Buffalo game, a great example, 156 yards, I think it was, uh, and we called it efficient. Truth is, if he gave us that every week, fine. But do you realize how low our standards have to be to be happy with 156 yards on a consistent basis. Zach Wilson had 179 yard average last year, right? So, you know, this, what carried into this year, it's, it's kind of consistent guys. Like, look, I'm rooting for Zach too. I hope that this reset thing works next year. They compete and he's part of, and he wins and he's the best quarterback of all time, but let's be real, dude. Zach had very little to do with the 5-2 and two record other than mitigating his mistakes, like not throwing picks, very important, right? And we all credited him with that. He's not turning the ball over. But our defense for him was that he's, he's not doing anything to hurt the team necessarily. Well, guess what? That started to happen more and more. And the last game, 77 yards, uh, dude, it was ridiculous. Like, can we just stop? already i i wish we could just stop i'm rooting for zach too but we haven't seen quarterback play like this since fitzpatrick and if you're blaming mike white for the losses again i don't you're you're looking at a football game with your feelings which uh very very rarely do feelings and logic match up so you'll look back on this and go uh, why was i stuck like why was i such an idiot like that's what's gonna happen, I think, later, you know. But everybody's got to cut it out. Five and two, you know. It, it, I do. You think Zach carried the team? Is that what we're trying to say? I don't. I don't get it. I really don't understand the argument. It's weak. It's um. It's shaky at best, and uh, I think everybody knows it. 
Ablab, thank you so much for the big super chat, brother. Uh, he says, gang, the summer competition you allude to could be good for Zach because we all know Mike White is a baller for real. Uh, that brings something out of Zach. Prove that you are for real thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like the, the best situation because in my mind, I was thinking, okay, you know, let's say five weeks ago. You know what? I want to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. If Zach Wilson is the guy, he should be able to beat Garoppolo. Now, in my mind, I like what I'm seeing from Mike White. I think Mike White's ceiling could be higher than Garoppolo's. I think his floor is maybe a little lower. But he's healthier, generally, than Garoppolo has been. And you're basically getting store brand Jimmy Garoppolo and Mike White. He knows the system. He knows the players. You bring him back. So if you have him as your quote-unquote Jimmy Garoppolo that gets brought in to give Zach Wilson competition, I'm totally down with that. I, I think Ablab's totally uh, right with this, and I think you give them the competition, and at the very least, you have those two guys going against each other, and I think it's going to be a true quarterback competition with Mike White having the the inside track because of how he's performed so far. Matt, I want to hear your thoughts on Ablab's comment right here. I think this is the perfect mindset to have. And what Greenbean was saying earlier, look, like I like Zach Wilson a lot and I don't think he's a finished product, but how could you like discredit what Mike White has done? I wasn't a Mike White fan. I thought he sucked over the summer. Um, and I was saying, you know, like, why are you, you want to go to this guy? He was an interception machine last year, limited, but he's made a ton of really big time throws. And if he turns out to be the guy, great. But as Ablab is saying, maybe this is what Zach needs. Maybe this lights the fire under him. And then worst case scenario, absolute worst case scenario, you have a very, very good, very good backup in Mike White if Zach Wilson takes that leap. And then if not, if Zach Wilson doesn't and it's just this is what he is, then I'm completely fine with running it with Mike White next year. I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like Jimmy G and Mike White can do very similar things in this offense. I feel like they already have their own version of Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Why not go into next year with Mike White and Zach Wilson? Greenbean, I want to hear your thoughts on AbLab's comment as well. Do you think uh, the quarterback competition between Zach and Mike White is what we're going to wind up seeing? Yeah, I, I think it's likely, and I think that's probably the best case. The only thing I'll say is if they have to pay Mike White $25 million, like if they really want to keep him and they have to pay him like that, like starter money, then I don't know. I don't think there's going to be a competition because don't forget, Zach's going to be, what, $9 million and change this year if we keep mm -hmm. him, right? Um, So that's starter money too, to a degree, but that, you, you know, that's high-end backup kind of money. Um, I think, again, if they have to pay Mike White, starter money then no i don't think so but i think the best thing that could happen is for zach to be in a competition next year see like clean slate let's see what you got man you know you took the time off you worked with the sports psychologist and the quarterback coach and everything that you did and let's see what let's see what you got but i think if mike white like hypothetically mike white wins out and he's still throwing almost or more than 300 yards a game and you know whatever I think uh, if they choose to pay him, I don't. I don't know. I think Zach's days might be numbered as far as just being a locked-in starter or even having a con you know be able to compete for it. Yeah, I guess we could talk about this briefly. Like, what what is the contract that we think Mike White gets? And in my mind, I'm seeing it as a two-year contract, uh, a total guarantee of twenty million dollars. 
um, that Mike White will get all in one year, and then next year, 2024, would be a void year. So it basically means the Jets would not be able to franchise tag Mike White, uh, and you'd at that point have to make a decision. Are you going to exercise Zach's fifth-year option, or are you going to make a new contract for Mike White and he's your quarterback moving forward? I think that's more likely the deal we get struck with with Mike White because it spreads that cap hit over two years. I'd much rather a $10 million quarterback cap hit uh, and give him the $20 million and figure it out next year. Matt, does that kind of make sense? Or are you looking at possibly more years or more money? I think that's. I think you're pretty close to right on the money. I think a two-year deal would make sense. Um, and somewhere with the AAV around 10 to 15 million on the high end, I don't think it's going to be upwards of 20 million. Um, but just because sample size, I know he's coming in and playing really well and that that's great. I want him to continue to, um, but I don't think he's going to play himself into a even 15 plus million dollar a year, um, guy. I think, like you said, year or two significant bump up. What's he making this year Four. Four to six, I think, is the range with, for him yeah, right now. Yeah, I think now. at most. He was the second-round so, tender, I think, is what we gave him. Yeah, so yeah. let's say you triple it and give him 12. I mm. think that I'd be okay with 12. Even if he does end up having to be a, a backup, if Zach beats him out, let's say, $12 million for someone who you know can come in and run the offense, I'm not scoffing at that. I think that's fine. Well, yeah, and you just said it too, $12 million for a backup, not to mention Zach Millian's $9 million. You're talking all in, you have $21 million devoted to quarterback, which is what you would probably be paying Jimmy Garoppolo anyway, <laughs> you know, exactly. at the very least. So so I'm totally down with this uh, as well. Matthew comes in, says, honestly, uh, games like last week are out of their control. Only so much you can do with those injuries. This is where losing healthy games like New England and Minnesota hurt the most. The next four is imperative for growth. Yeah, it, it sucks to lose the Minnesota game because it gave you that little bit of a buffer for the Buffalo game because you, you had to know it was going to be tough to try and sweep the Bills this year. Um, the Patriot games, we're going to keep going back to it. The Patriot game, uh, both Patriot games, the Bengal game, the Ravens games, those four games are going to be why the New York Jets are not in the playoffs, not the Minnesota game. Um yeah, it's just it's tough. Greenbean, your thoughts? You think the uh, the New England games were the ones that really hurt the most, and these next four might be uh, imperative for our growth? Yeah, I mean, look at them, right? I mean, number one, they were like just a fucking uh, a dump off away from winning both of them. I thought that they were just so attainable. Both of those games, uh, frustrating losses, incredibly just on the field. When you look at it as far as playoff implications, obviously, number one, we have one or two more wins, but not only that, you push them back one or two spots as well. And I think right now they're the team ahead, like, you know, they're ahead of us in that mix. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those were huge, huge. And I, you know, look, Zach sucked in both of them. Um, it sucks too because the first one, Zach really looked good for the first quarter, like excellent. And then he just fell apart. But I, uh, I, I got to share some blame with Salah, man. Salah should have fucking pulled him, in my opinion. They had Mike White mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. They had Mike White on the sideline with his helmet on for some reason. I don't know why. So they were thinking about it, and they just didn't pull the trigger. I think that a nice, calm quarterback, all you had to do is just get a couple dump-offs. I think we could have won that game. The second game, I mean, dude, we scored three points. You know what I mean? And we lost, You know how we lost. I don't have to go over it, mm -hmm. but, geesh, you can, eat, you can win that game. 
uh, without batting an eyelash. So yeah, they're 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 the most frustrating too. On top of everything, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, DJ Bomb comes in. DJ Bomb says, "Does anyone know the status of Quinnen? Hope he plays." Yeah, we're all hoping that he plays. We're gonna find out more tomorrow on the Wednesday press conference with Robert Sala, so we'll get some more info at that point. Jose comes in, says, "Big fan from Mexico, guys. Quick question: If we make the playoffs, how far can we ride this? Also, you think AVT and Brees are back next year? Yes, 100. percent They'll both be back next year. I think uh, AVT." We may see more success from earlier on. I think the ACL is always a little bit concerning with running backs. Now, I think the way that Brees did tear his, it wasn't like a juke like Kyler last night or like how Zach kind of hurt his knee in the preseason. I think, um, you know, you have some hope that the mental side of that injury is not necessarily going to be as detrimental um, to him there. But yeah, they will be back. And as far as how far we can get in the playoffs this year, I think this defense can play with anyone. So it's going to be how far can this offense take us is going to be the the true question. And I think I think we could win a game. Um and then after that I think, you know, I think just getting to the playoffs is is house money and anything after there is is, you know, gravy. Uh, Mr. Downtown says, Davis, a jet next year. How do we dress wide receiver depth? I don't think Corey Davis is going to be here next year. And the main reason for my 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 uh, stance to have changed over the last few weeks is because I don't believe Zach Wilson is going to be our starter for next year. And I think if they felt Zach was going to be the guy, I think they'd bring back Corey Davis because he's definitely a security blanket for Zach. And you could tell Mike White does like throwing to him as well. But I think because it's not as critical, you see him passing to nine or 10 wide receivers or targets. There's no reason to, to pay a guy quite, you know, so much to be your at best number two wide receiver. You know, ideally Garrett Wilson is getting the majority of the touches here. Um, so I don't think Davis is back next year. And how do we address wide receiver depth? I think maybe you draft someone, but you still have Denzel Mims under contract. You still have Braxton Barrios. It's a rock solid um wide receiver room i'm not sure you necessarily need to address it uh too much matt your thoughts yeah um i think a maybe even like a depth veteran like a not keelan cole but like someone like a keelan cole like what they did last year when they added him for depth but yeah i really don't know what to make of Corey davis because he is so he's one of the more frustrating players on the team because he does something every single week that is spectacular like he'll have a insane clutch catch to extend a drive on third down, hell on fourth down. And then like, you'll have a false start penalty or just a crucial drop. And it's just like he, he gives and then he takes away. Um, and then I feel like it can ends up canceling out and he's just like, fine. Um, I think you see people who are on the, Oh my God, Corey Davis is the best thing ever. So underrated train. And then you have people who are like, he is the most overrated player on the team. I think he's fine, but, you could probably move off of him and add, I don't know, a $4 million receiver to be wide receiver five in free agency, something like that. Hello? I can't hear you. Oh, Ryan, you're muted. Sorry. Something. Really, how much does it suck to see Corey Davis, uh, you know, false start, number 84. Oh, great. We're moving backwards friggin you know five yards we got a first and 15 now drives me bonkers i hate seeing it uh this one comes in from ant jets coming in with a member super chat says can we stop arguing about the future of quarterback position and discuss what needs to be done to beat the lions he could cut uh we could cut zach joe mike and chris tomorrow and run direct running back snap to the super bowl (laughs) 
Um, yeah, look, <laughs> what we have to do against the Lions, the matchup for me when I'm looking at this team is our offensive line against their defensive line. I have no doubt that our defense is going to be able to stop their offense. Um, and Matt alluded to some of the, the statistics that Salah has against Jared Goff as a quarterback. I think if the Jets can overcome their offensive line, they easily win this game. Uh, Greenbean, I want to hear from you. What do the Jets have to do against the Lions this week? Well, I don't know how I feel about the direct snap to the Super Bowl thing. I think uh, maybe as part of the formula, uh, maybe. I don't know about all that, but uh, I think that the Jets just have to play our game. I think we're better than them. And again, I'm not saying or insinuating that they suck or looking past them or anything like that. They're playing well. They're good. Uh, they're have they're excited. You know what I mean? They they're all amped up. They won four in a row. I think that uh, if we play our game, they're going to run into a brick wall, and they're going to realize that uh, four wins is about the end of the streak. That's what I think. And I think um, if we just um, you know, number one, our defense just has to take away a lot of the over-the-top stuff that they like to do. Um, but I also think pressuring Goff, you know, he's uh, he's he's very shaky under pressure, that that guy. And as far as the offense, dude, we just got to, you know, I'm a big fan of ball control, and we have the capability of doing that. And I think that if we just play our game without these ridiculous mistakes, you know, balls bouncing off our chest into the hands of the other team and and fumbles and shit like that. If we can just stop that, I think we're going to be fine and that will win this game. Uh, Andrew Yale comes in, says, fellas, thought about uh, thoughts about how important these next four games are. Every year is different year, and I just feel something special about these guys now. Yeah, that it's very hard to replicate defense year over year, and you see how special this defense is, and I think that's what's so frustrating about the current situation is like, if we can get into the playoffs, that means the Jets would have gone on at least a three out of four game win streak. And I think the Jets can catch fire and this defense can play with anyone. I, I have faith that we can go against the best of the best with this defense. And as long as our offense doesn't create turnovers, um, you know, we have ourselves a, a shot. So uh, we will see. Uh, let's see. Knob Craft comes in with a member super chat, says five and two truthers sound like LeBron fans with the travel of expert analysis they provide. Watch, uh, watch the games and tell me Zach helped win any of it. Zilch, all Zach did was get me into a bar fight. He's bad. <laughs> well, we never want to see you get into a bar fight, my friend. Uh, and if not you do, Zach. we hope you win. Yeah. Over <laughs> Zach, definitely not. Um, oh. But yeah, look, I, I, the five and two, there's some level, you know, there's some degree of, you know, effort from Zach that, that did win us those games. Like the, the Buffalo game for me, he got two critical third down runs. Um, that led to to points or could have led to points given weird circumstances. Remember, that was the camera gate thing as well when the the, the camera yeah. dropped out of the sky um, when everything was clicking. So, like, I don't know. I, I'm not sure where to kind of fall on this, but, yeah, I, I do kind of get a little bit of a feeling about the the five and two truthers. I think they're not being 100% honest in their evaluation. Yeah, uh, Mr. Downtown says... Two. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's one and two over the last three games, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, without so, Brees, he's what? One and is he one and two? One is two. that it? 
right? Yeah. Well, the la- his last three starts, I believe it's one and two. I think yep. that's how it goes. Maybe there's Mr. one Mr. Downtown uh, saying forget. Zach Wilson Sims forget his play is only exceeding Russell Wilson. That's not good. You, normally you want to be in the same ballpark as Russell Wilson. Not so much anymore. Uh, <laughs> Avlab drops in with a super chat. Thank you, brother. Uh, says Joe Douglas would pay the money. That's a premium pick. You would wind up paying for something. Uh, uh, something if a top five pick is a bust. Bring on the summer competition. Yeah, you can't. Um, let's see. JD would pay the money. He's talking about Mike White. I don't think he's going to have to pay a ton of money for Mike White because I don't know if any other team is going to throw the money that the Jets would at Mike White. Like this almost feels similar to like the Fitzpatrick year after 2015. Like the Jets were just kind of over a barrel and they had to bring their guy back. Now, Mike White will have that same type of leverage. Uh, to some capacity, but I think because we were able to sub someone out and this offense looks clearly so good, regardless of the quarterback position, that the Jets will have some other options. So I don't think uh, Mike White's going to cost quite so much. Um, Scuttlebuttle comes in, says, geez, I'm talking about Zach being the backup. Does any of you believe Flacco or Strebler goes 5-2? and two? Um, 499 charity post. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scuttlebuttle. Um, yeah, look, I I think Zach is the backup. This is going back to his his previous super chat that he had where we're giving him a little bit of shit. Uh, he said, um, where is it? I'll find it. He said, uh, crappy mechanics, Zach Wilson, five and two, just saying. He obviously wants uh, Zach Wilson as the backup uh, because he doesn't want to see Flacco at all. So I, uh, I'm in full agreement with Scuttlebuttle there, and I think all of us are. Uh, right here, Amet comes in. Amet says, cut Lake and Tomlinson, move AVT back to left guard, re-sign Herbig for right guard, use money for Conklin, cut Corey Davis, bring in Lazard, big body and great blocker. Um, yeah, Tomlinson's an interesting one for me. I think his, let me look at his dead cap. I know it's not so much that uh, you couldn't cut him because you would get... So, yeah, so 8.5, well, let me just have the, I just want to pull this up. So 8.5 million, if you cut him, you save $8.4 million against the cap. So it's really not like incredibly prohibitive. Um, but at the same time, it's probably worth it to hold on to him for another season. Um, I do like bringing Herbig back, but I think when you have a former Pro Bowl player in Tomlinson, he will get back to that level. Maybe it's just playing next to new guys for one season. Um, I would still try to retain Herbig, see what he would cost. I think he played a little bit of center as well, and we're losing Feeney, so I wouldn't be opposed to Herbig. That would be an interesting situation. If they if they took Herbig a few snaps at center and just like, oh, maybe he can be the guy that has some line positional flexibility. Uh, I don't know. Matt, what do you think about possibly cutting uh, Lake and Tomlinson? Uh, I think that's a poor idea. I, I wouldn't do that. Um, I, he hasn't been great this year. Um, he hasn't, I don't know. I don't think he's been abysmal. He's underwhelmed. I think it's fair to say that he's been underwhelming, but I, I don't think you you know pay him all that money and then just say, ah, it sucked this year. Let's just cut bait. I, I think you've run it back with him. Green Bean, you cutting Lake and Tomlinson? Um, no. You know, I, I know it's 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 really a bummer that he's been as disappointing as he is. He has had his good games too, but 
He's just not the dominant guy that we expected. But I'm with Matt. I don't think they're going to cut him. I just and they, there's a whole bunch and I wasn't I might not have heard you, but there's a whole bunch of dead cap. Did you say what it was, Ryan? So it's an eight million dollar dead cap hit. The Jets would actually save some money on it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting thought process, right? Like if you can get Herbig back for cheaper and you feel his level of play is comparable to what Lakin Tomlinson is right now, he's way younger than Tomlinson, so maybe there's some value in having him grow next to maybe a potentially new left tackle on the left hand side. Um, I do like bringing in Jack Conklin though, but yeah, the, the money, the money's not so much an issue, but I just, I feel like they brought him in because of their knowledge of this, like of him and the scheme. I feel like one year and done would be, you know, shocking for me. Uh, Brian Bogan comes in. Brian says, we all want Matt's girlfriend's take on Mike White versus Zach Wilson. Mike White or Zach Wilson, who should start? They're, they're waiting for your take. Oh, I guess Mike White. I love it. Is the answer that I got. <laughs> You've heard it here. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, Wild Wave comes in, says, is it possible uh, of cutting Lakin and take the cap hit? He's been underperforming and not worth the money. We can put AVT back to the original spot. So this is the second time we're, we're, we're talking about the same comment. Um yeah, it's it's an interesting discussion, and I think it's it's worth having the discussion for sure. And I think they will probably talk about it. But I think it just kind of comes back to like, you know what? They know him and how he has played in the past. I would be very surprised if we moved on from him after one year. I think maybe after next year is probably when you see it, especially with our offensive line depth anyway. Why cut a good player unless you really think that the money that you're going to, you know, gain from moving on from Tomlinson is going to justify uh, you know, losing him to, to add another player. Matt, any additional thoughts on the Tomlinson move? Yeah, I don't think – I think the last thing or one of the last things you just said is really important, the the depth. We saw how many goddamn injuries this offensive line took this year. I, I don't think you want to cut a potentially good player. I know he hasn't been great this year, but um, I, I think you want to keep as many of these guys as you can. Denzel. Denzel drops in saying, I don't know why people think our wide receiver core is so good. Garrett Wilson is elite, but we need another elite wide receiver that can help the quarterback. Look at Hertz once he got receiver help. I would take Garrett Wilson all day in uh, like as a wide receiver number one. So like, do we need to give up a first to get someone like AJ Brown? Do we have to use a first round pick on someone to get another player like that? No, I don't think we do. You look at how many opportunities outside of Garrett Wilson you know, Elijah Moore got six passes thrown his way. I think that's totally fine for his, uh, you know, what he's been doing. I think he had a total of maybe 10 targets or, or nine targets. So he's getting more involved. He has the talent to be there. He's, you know, the second pick in the in the second round. He's for all, a, you know, he's essentially a first round caliber talent. Um, I think Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, those can be your two guys. I think hopefully Denzel Mims can progress where you feel comfortable having him on the outside. Um, I'm not saying I'm totally done with receiver. I think you can draft one, but I don't think it's a high need and I don't think you have to go out and spend a ton of money on one. I think we have a, you know, based on how we spread the ball around with the running backs we're going to have and the tight ends too, there's only so many passes you could throw. Greenbean, I want to hear your thoughts on this wide receiver core good or should we be adding more? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Corey Davis thing is going to be interesting, right? Because I mean, you know, I really do feel like he's starting to look like the player that we hoped he would be. You know, two weeks ago, he had his 
you know, the most receptions he's had all season, five for 85 yards. Like when he's on, he's on. He had that beautiful catch, um, uh, you know, on fourth down. And so, but it's just unfortunate. Number one, he's injured far too much. Um, now, we don't know. Maybe he comes back this week or whatever. But in addition to that, he also does all those boneheaded things. There's been a, quite a few interceptions that hit him first. And now, you know, last year with Zach, it's happened, I think, twice this year. Uh, so I don't know. That's going to be interesting. But like you said, I mean, you know, Elijah Moore is a very good wide receiver, dude. The fact that Zach couldn't get him the ball more than once in five or seven games, we see now is kind of ridiculous. You know, I mean, Mike White, he had, what, uh, two receptions the first game and a touchdown. He had six receptions last week. Like, he should absolutely be a part of the offense. Uh, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Denzel Mims, uh, and whatever the hell is going on with Berrios. I, I think that's a really good core, and you might be able to allocate some money somewhere else. Like you said, if you use like a fourth-round pick on a, on a, on a, you know, a, I mean, not a little speedy guy, but just, you know, whoever, a wide receiver that you like, maybe, you know, has some skills, but you don't want to, you know, take them to be your starter right away. Maybe you can do something like that. But yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't think it's a priority. I really like who we have, but I'm sure, depending on what happens with Corey Davis, that they'll probably add someone young, I think. Matt, your thoughts on the wide receiver position and possibly adding someone? Yeah, I think it would be for like depth. I don't think you need another high, a necessarily high end guy. Um, Elijah Moore, I think, is a good receiver. He wasn't really utilized properly for most of the year. Um, he has over 60 yards in two of the last three games. Um, I, I think this is a talented guy. I, I, I'm more than okay with him in the slot. Um, and I think Denzel Mims has a real shot to you know, be a nice role player on this team next year. I think he made a lot of progress uh, from last year. And, you know, look, they relied on him on a couple big spots that the throw from Zach Wilson to him in the in the Bills game um, to pick up a much needed first down was was huge. Euphoria drops in says if this great quarterback play doesn't beat the Lions, you start Zach Wilson the rest of the year and give him the play calls Lafleur gives Mike White since the season is over. Um, oddly enough, the Lions game if we were to lose it is not the nail in the coffin. Um, you're still open. Like the AFC games are going to be the most critical. So the Jaguars and the Dolphins are the two most important. Uh, and then you're probably going to say Detroit would be the third one because of common opponents. We're going to have played, uh, you know, the NFC North with the rest of our division. Whereas uh, the NFC West with Seattle, that game is the one that you could probably, you know, lose i would say of these remaining games i'm most concerned about the mystery surrounding the lions and are they a good team um it's not totally over would i want zach wilson to start at that point i think it depends on how the locker room feels about him i think if the locker room is still very much pro mike white i would continue with mike white matt your thoughts here if the jets were to lose to the lions and be in some capacity eliminated from the playoffs at that point would you go back to zach wilson no because i don't think they would be eliminated maybe when you're mathematically eliminated that might change things but even at seven and seven you would it would be a long shot but you would have an outside chance you'd absolutely have to win out the rest of the way um 
but I, I don't think that's what's going to happen here. I don't think they'd be so quick to do that. Yeah, I mean, you think about what 7-7 seven and seven would look like if the Jets were to lose. Let's say uh, the Chargers are definitely getting in, so we're looking at Miami and uh, New England. If Miami loses to Buffalo and the Jets lose to the Lions, the Jets still could if they win out and the Dolphins were to win their next two games and then lose to the Jets the final week of the season. The Jets would leapfrog the Dolphins. Yep. The Patriots is the one that's that's kind of interesting because we need to be a whole game up on them. So we're looking for them to now lose two games, which the Bengals and Buffalo, if you're looking at their schedule, are probably the two most likely losses, um, assuming Buffalo is still playing for a one seed week 18. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Matt. I don't think you, you put Zach Wilson in until you're fully mathematically eliminated and it would have to take, you know, wins by every other team and probably at least two losses in a row for the New York Jets to, to maybe make that consideration at that point. And then you'd have to start talking about like, okay, does that five and two mark that Zach Wilson hit? And then what would be a one and four skid for Mike White? Is that like you know, for whatever reason, like even if Mike White's thrown for 300 yards and we're still losing games, like how much weight does that carry, Matt? That's like something that I've kind of gotten into it with people. And it's like, if I'm poo-pooing on Zach's, uh, you know, 355 yard performance against the Patriots where he threw the three interceptions, but I'm holding up maybe a 300 yard performance that Mike White does where we still lose anyway, like what is the difference there? Well, I think the difference for me with the Vikings and the Patriots performance, like there were a ton of really big-time throws from Mike White, and he was leading them back into that game. They were down, mm -hmm. and they were coming back. Where with Zach Wilson, he was still play he was playing scared. In the second half of that game, mm -hmm. he was playing very scared and very shaky. Um, I get that. Maybe, like, I don't know. Can you make the – this is me playing devil's advocate. This isn't necessarily me mm -hmm. saying this is what I believe. But can you play – the game that maybe they're a more balanced offense when Zach is in, that they get too pass happy with some of these other quarterbacks. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Because I mean, they've had both white and Flacco throw the ball over 50 times on uh, occasions this year, which I don't love that, but I, it, it's hard to watch what Mike White's done and get knocked out of the game twice last week and come back and how much the guys love him and just be like, yeah, we lost another game and like there's mm -hmm. a barely like an outside chance of us making the playoffs. So we're going to go back to the other guy and see if he figured it out in his time off. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think the, the summer reset is probably the best bet at this point. Greenbean, I want to hear from you. What do you think about if the Jets were to lose to the Lions, would you go back to Zach Wilson at that point? Um, Euphoria thinks we may be knocked out of the playoffs if we were to lose this week. Um, no, I I honestly believe that um, Mike White, this is I, I, I believe that Mike White has it for the rest of the year. I think they're being political. No, I, I could be wrong. Right, but that's how I feel. And I number one, I don't think that necessarily we're out. Obviously, it gets grim at that point, but I don't think we're necessarily out at that point. Um, but the other thing is too, like the you know the comment that Lafleur gives Mike White the same play calls. I, you know, euphoria. I just I don't buy that one. You know that that whole thing that Mike Lafleur somehow doesn't give Zach Wilson plays to succeed. I think that 
Zach Wilson struggles to accomplish the simplest of goals. Like, you know, with all due respect to him, man, he, he, you know, he struggles to throw wide receiver screens or regular screen passes or, or slants. And so we don't see any plays like when you have five straight three and outs, I mean, and uh, you know, I mean, what, how much of the offense do we think we're going to see? I don't think that there's a, a, a huge difference between what Michael Floor would do with Mike White and Zach Wilson, other than to play to their strengths. You know what I mean? Obviously, there would be a little bit different. You know, maybe not, a, uh, maybe naked bootlegs and things like that. Zach clearly has more mobility uh, than Mike White, so maybe some of that stuff. But I don't know, man. I I think this is Mike White's team right now, and you know we don't know you know, exactly what's going on in the locker room, but it certainly looked like the team was kind of fed up with Zach. And it looks like the team is a hundred percent behind Mike White to the degree that Elijah Moore and Michael Carter kind of, they went into his little presser and they pretended to be staff. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, press and like, there's a lightness. There's a, there's Mm -hmm. a, it, there's, there's a different fun. vibe, man. Yeah, it's it's just different. Now, look, we lost two games. Again, they were by a fucking score. It's like, it's not, you know, a complete implosion where you're like, oh, this quarterback sucks. There's there's nothing like that in play. So, you know, um, I don't know, man. Mike White, you know, did you hear the stat, guys, that, uh, you know, bef- go- going into the, um, the Buffalo game, Mike White had... Uh, well, the offense had 460 yards in three of Mike White's four starts. And they've only done that four times in the previous seven years before that. <laughs> like, I don't think we realize what we're watching here. Like, we have watched abysmal football, including Zach. And again, Zach was one and two going into the Mike White thing. So, yes, five and two, but that shit's ancient history, guys. That's with Brees Hall and the whole thing. And I think this is Mike White's team, and I think that it's it's earned, man. That's how I see it. I think he earned it. Yeah, Mike White, one and two without Brees Hall. Zach Wilson, one and two without Brees Hall. That's some Mm -hmm. numbers for you. Uh, Knob Craft comes in, says the Jets are fine at wide receiver. They should draft quarterback in every round and see if one hits. There's a the whole quarterback in the first round thing is is almost interesting to me. Like if they found a guy that they really liked, should they pull the trigger on it? Like is Mike White enough? Uh, you know, if 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 Mike White is discount Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers were going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo for Trey Lance because they clearly saw mobility as a as a huge need in their offense, do you make that selection? Um I would argue probably not this year. Um, I would go with the mid-round guy, so there's no pressure to start him. I think if you draft a first-round quarterback, there is uh, pressure to you know push him, and I don't want to put that pressure on Mike White or Zach Wilson. I think it kind of eliminates Zach Wilson at that point. If you draft like a third-round quarterback with high upside, you allow that guy to sit. He's clearly not going to help you win games this year, um, and then you don't necessarily throw the towel in on Zach because if you do what I said earlier with the Mike White contract and you say, okay, you got a one-year deal, you duke it out with Zach, and we'll reassess after the season, then at least you have your backup quarterback with the guy you drafted, and he can kind of take his licks and, and build up over time, kind of like how you want to see Zach you know, earn the respect of the locker room. Um, 
I would not draft quarterback in uh, in the first round. I, I want to change this question a little bit. Matt, is there any situation where you could see yourself drafting a quarterback in the first round this year? No. Uh, this team is too good, and they need other things to help mm-hmm. supplement their roster to get them over the top in my eyes. For instance, tackle. I would tackle linebacker safety are all positions that I would draft mm-hmm. before looking at a quarterback. I'm not against drafting one at any point. As you said, a mid-round guy who you could potentially sit there – uh, and develop into a, a starter over time or maybe develop into a long-term backup like the James Morgan route but with a better <laughs> finish maybe hmm. um, I just I, I can't see like are you gonna take a swing on uh, Richardson and like a, a really a monster boomer bust player after you know taking a swing and then at that point you'd be admitting that the swing was a miss on Zach Wilson and then I, I don't know. I think that's too risky. I think you need to add to your already good roster than take another quarterback swing in the draft. Yeah, Greenbean, what do you think about Matt's thought process there? Like, if you were to, let's say you took someone like Richardson at pick 20 or whatever we fall at, he's high upside, clearly needs some time to develop. Is there any situation that that doesn't slam the door on Zach Wilson or – you know, do you, does that immediately plummet any sort of trade value that you might have for him? Or like, would you draft a quarterback in the first round? I'm, I'm kind of throwing a whole yeah. bunch of stuff at you, but that's that's yeah, roundaboutly yeah. where I, I got it. Go. I got it all organized. I <laughs> you did it. We're good. Um, so number one, I think if you do use another first round pick on a quarterback, I think that is a severe shot to Zach Wilson's chances. In the same way, or similarly anyway, I feel like if you pay Mike White starter money, that that limits Zach Wilson's chances. So it's going to be interesting. That said, I don't think they're going to do that, and I personally would be upset by it. You know, I'd be bent out of shape. I think, um, you know, using two first-round picks in three years on a quarterback would be a, a very bad look and I would hate it if they thought that it was so you know such a bad situation that they that they have to do that I I really wouldn't like it now that said um like you said like maybe using a third or something like uh like Matt said James Morgan but maybe not somebody from the USA <laughs> conference for God's sakes maybe somebody that's actually played actual college ball instead of uh FIU but um yeah, I think uh, I think you know third, fourth, something like that. That's fine, but I don't know, man. You know, uh, you gotta the whole Mike White thing. We gotta see how it plays out this season because if he continues to throw three hundred yard games and and the and the teams rally behind him, like what else do you want at quarterback? Like really, like we're talking about Jimmy G or it's you know, Kirk Cousins is is doing a good job up. It's like. I don't know, man. What what do we really want here? You know, um, so I think it's going to really be important to see how the rest of the season goes, and then where Zach really is, because Zach's going to be on the team, barring some crazy trade. If somebody wants to give us, you know, Sam Darnold trade value for him or something like that, maybe they pull the trigger. But um, yeah, I don't think that they're going to draft a, a quarterback. I'd be upset if they did, but if they did, I think Zach's all but done. The main catch comes and said, why are we talking like we're not going to the playoffs? Mike White is taking us to the Super Bowl. Much love, Green Bean, Matt, and Ryan. Thank you, main catch. I want to have as much confidence as you do. Uh, Mike F. and White, baby. Darrell, Darrell, 
comes in and says, what do you think about our tight ends? Would you consider drafting Michael Mayer if he fell to us? Um, right now, I'm not overly concerned with tight end. I think there's a lot of other positions that I'd target first. Um, we have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Like Matt kind of said, offensive linemen, particularly tackle, uh, linebacker safety. Those are the three positions that I think are going to be the most critical with tackle being obviously the, the most important one there. So I would say no to drafting a tight end pretty high. Matt, your thoughts drafting the tight end? No. Um, now I've been underwhelmed by Tyler Conklin. Like this was someone I was pretty high on going into the year. I thought he'd be the really nice pass catching guy. And he kind of started out the year that way, but has fallen off a cliff pretty dramatically. Uzama I'd like to see used a little bit more. And honestly, like, can we see some Jeremy Ruckert? I think now's oh, yeah. the time we got to start working some Jeremy Ruckert in. Um, I think if you cut one of the two veterans and roll with uh, Ruckert and, you know, one of the two, I think that's maybe a potential uh, route that the Jets go for, for next year. But I'd be stunned if they spend a first-round pick on tight end after paying two in free agency this past year and then drafting one in the third round in Ruckert. Ooh, here's a good question. Of the two tight ends, which one would you cut, Matt? Conklin or Uzoma? If you had to. Conklin. Uh, I think Uzama's more That kills more me because Conklin's been, he's been open all the time and it's just he's oh, frustrating. No. I agree with you, but I, it's yeah. just so frustrating. It is. He, I like him too. I was saying all offseason and most of the year, I was like, I think Conklin's going to outperform uh, Uzama here. Uh, receiving wise, and he has, but he's left a lot on the table. Also, guy can't make a contested catch to save his life. Uh, Ugh, a little disappointing. I, I was incredibly disappointed with him during the Minnesota game. I thought that whenever you have a player that's going against his former team, there's a little extra juice, and he just he was wet noodle for me. Really uh, underwhelming there. Failure, failure Ugh. in Minnesota. That being said, I do like him overall. I, I actually, re I hope we keep both tight ends and we roll with them for next year. Uh, Johnny P, thank you for the super chat. Says, guys, think the Jets guaranteed to make the playoffs three and one and win over Miami. Losing to the Lions is irrelevant. Also, you guys are way out over your skis. Too early on White needs to play out. Still, eighty percent Zach starts twenty twenty three. Um, I don't think I'm that high of a percentage on Zach right now. Um, yeah. I would say. Well, let's break it down. So playoffs at three and one. I think the Jets got to go four and zero. I think we got to win out to really get in. If we lose to the Lions, not the worst, but not a great look. And you would probably be looked at as an underdog in probably your last three games. Um, as far as you know, Mike White. I mean, we've seen what six starts from this guy, and he has. Three games over 300 yards. He has one game where he got hurt after having 95 yards and a touchdown before the first quarter was over. So he was on pace for 300 yards there. And then if he doesn't get knocked out of the game against Buffalo and Flacco doesn't turn the ball over, there's a real good shot he gets 300 yards, you know, again, you know, without the, the turnovers from Michael Carter and whatnot. So I'm, I'm on board with Mike White. And I would say there's probably a 30% chance Zach starts in 2023 unless Mike White is not brought back. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on the percentage chance of Zach starting 2023? Yeah, I'm not at 80%. Um, I'm closer to maybe 55, 45 with White having the slight edge. I really don't mm -hmm. think that they are giving up on Zach, but I think if White continues mm -hmm. to play that he does, it's going to make it a, a much 
steeper competition or a much steeper hill, I guess, for, for Zach to climb himself out of. Um, 80 is 80 is way too high for me. And I look, I, I said it, I, I like Zach Wilson. I don't think he's a finished product yet, but I, you can't deny what we're seeing out of Mike White right now. Greenbeam, what's your percentage chance that Zach Wilson starts 2023? 13%. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I like what Matt just said. I mean, I, I feel very, you know, very close to that. It's, I want Zach Wilson to be able to reach the potential that his body presents to us. You know what I mean? Uh, I would love to have that strong armed guy that can escape the pie, you know, the rush. And I would love it, dude. I, I, I hope that this reset experiment does something, but like you said, Ryan, we're watching the first quarterback that we've had since like, I mean, outside of the one Fitzpatrick year, guys, it, we're talking about like Sanchez didn't do it. We're talking about like Chad. That's oh, the last chat. time. Yeah, man. Like, that's how fucking long it's been. And again, I don't know what Mike White's going to be, but so far, the fact that 99% of Jets fans aren't like, well, hey, man, I still, I still a Zach guy, but I'm in. Like, the fact that we're not there and we're like holding on to these weird quasi stats to make me, you know, my guy right. It's weird to me. We haven't seen quarterback play like this since the early 2000s consistently. Now, Mike White, the next four games, maybe he's a complete dud. I don't know. Maybe he gets hurt and then he gets the label of injury prone. I don't know. But if he continues to play just the games that he's playing now, he's giving us the best quarterback play that we've seen here in decades. I don't understand what the problem is. You know what I mean? Like it clearly wasn't him. I mean, what was Zach's good games? You know, we, we talked about Buffalo. He had a good game in Pittsburgh, right? That was a good one. And then like green Bay, his we good completely game in Miami. So, so get Miami this. His was good. good right? His good game in Pittsburgh, good game in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Great fourth quarter. Then, like, had a 50% yeah. completion percentage. Yeah. Uh, like, had we two kicked, interceptions uh, and a the, touchdown. Like that's his, yeah, he had a receiving touchdown as well. That was the game he had the catch, but yeah, that was fun. Remember, that was the, uh, what do you call it, the gritty? It was, yeah. The jiggy? Yeah, he did the gritty. Remember when we did that on stream? <laughs> it was embarrassing. Oh, and that was when things were fun, right? <laughs> I oh, forgot yeah. about that, Ryan. That was traumatic. <laughs> but, I mean, like, look, like, even in the Green Bay game, like, we're talking about, like, 110 yards. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, our standards have to go so low to prefer that over what we're seeing. And I'm with the two second overall picks, strong arm. I want them to be great too. But it's it just the eye test tells us that we got a fucking major malfunction here. So I think it's 50-50 at best that Zach starts next year. Mr. Downtown says, Michael Flora has Mike White passing more because the Jets are playing from behind. Yes, I do think that is part of it. Um, when the Jets were winning with Chicago, Mike White attempted 28 passes. There were two games this season where Zach Wilson threw more than 28 passes. So remember, the Jets were up big on Chicago. Mike White stopped passing the ball after the third quarter. He didn't play, like, basically an entire fourth quarter. 
Uh, Zach Wilson had 41 attempts in a loss to New England, and he had 36 attempts. That was the 50% completion game where we needed to try and come back against the Steelers. So while uh, I do agree to some extent that the passing is in part due to, you know, playing from behind, that is not entirely the, the story here. Um, and I think it's just because we are more comfortable with Mike uh, with Mike White throwing the football than we are with Zach right now. Um, Matt, I'm going to have you jump over to last week's stream, start picking out some people for our giveaway. Guys, if you want to get in our T-shirt giveaway, in five minutes we're going to give away a T-shirt. All you got to do is hit like on this video, and every 25 likes we get, we're going to pick a T-shirt qualifier uh, here. Um, so, let's see. Ryan, 450 pe- 446 people that are in here right now have not hit the like button. That's how many. <laughs> so if you guys do, I, uh, I'm going to add a qualifier to the T-shirt giveaway every 25 likes. So uh, I'm all caught up. So if you guys start hitting like, I can add a few more of, you, of your names in there. But out of 464, man, we should be able to get a, at least 100, right? 100 likes, Ryan? What do you think? I think so. I see uh, the Forever Puddle in there says, you will not tell me what to like. The Forever Puddle, <laughs> I don't want you to like this stream because we're telling you to like it. I want you to like it because you do like it or because you want a t-shirt. Right. Either one is good with me, but the engagement certainly That's helps. what we're saying. We're just saying if you've been hanging out with us for two hours, clearly you like it. We're just asking you to complete the circle. You like it. You're here. You're in the chat. Hit the like. That's all we're saying. Uh, B, Mike B, hi-ho Jets fan says, love you guys. Thanks for all your hard work. Uh, Always, always appreciated, brother. Uh, The Buffalo Jet fan, what's up, dude? Uh, Says, Zach has a higher ceiling than Mike White. Cool, a Powerball ticket has a higher ceiling than a 401k. To quote Matt, what are we doing here? That is, the Buffalo Jet fan, he has some of the best one-line tweets (laughs) I've ever seen. Like, how many times have I clicked on a a, a Twitter, you know, post, and the first comment is Buffalo Jet fan having something witty to to respond back to? I absolutely love it, and this is absolutely right. This is a good way to look at it. Like, cool, Zach Wilson could be the Powerball, but if your 401k is reliable and always going to be there, maybe not always going to be there, but you know, has a higher return on investment than a lottery ticket. Um, yeah, you play Mike white, Matt, any thoughts here on Buffalo's uh, super chat? No, I like it. It made me laugh. He does that very often too. So thank you for hanging with us, Buffalo. John, right, right. I, I thought it so. Great. John drops in, says, imagine Gino and Darnold getting extended in 2023. Yeah. Imagine if Gino Smith, and Sam Darnold both get extended by their respective teams. And like, we're, you know, just kind of floundering, trying to figure out what our quarterback situation is. Is it Mike White? Is it Zach Wilson? Do we have the quarterback of the future on the team? Um, Yeah, no, I I like seeing former Jet quarterbacks do well, especially guys like, I mean, I don't particularly want to see Geno do well just because I thought, you know, the whole punch in the jaw thing, like that was pretty immature. Um, but the, you know, the way Sam Darnold handled the media and everything while he was here, he got the bad end of the stick with the Adam Gase era and the, the poor drafting and everything. So I want to see Zach do well. I hope he gets resigned. Uh, Johnny P 
Johnny P says, has nothing to do with me preferring Zach. Just reality of the NFL. Zach is the second pick in the draft. White gets one bad game and Zach is in. Not easy to retain White. Also 300 yards on 55 attempts. Not impressive. Yeah, I, look, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and I think there's definitely more um, at stake when you have the number two overall pick, the amount of investment that goes into that type of selection, the amount of conversation that needs to go on between the owner, the coach, the GM. Um, there is a, a very delicate process. And I don't think Zach Wilson is done here. I, I want to make that very, very clear. I do think that he's going to have every opportunity to try and win the job back if the locker room wants it. I think there's going to be a discussion probably with our captains on the defense and and on the offense with the head coach. And, you know, unless Zach Wilson is really balling out and deserves to be the quarterback, I think we're going to lean on some of our veteran leaders and see who they fall in line behind because it feels like everyone is pulling for Mike White right now. That's coaching staff. That's, uh, you know, players uh, and whatnot. So I do get what you're saying, and 300 yards on 55 attempts is not that impressive. But at the same time, there is a clear difference in the way this offense is moving down the field with Mike White than there is with Zach Wilson. Matt, your and, thoughts? And Ryan, it Ooh, wasn't three hundred we'll yards. It was three sixty nine, by the way. So you know, just to make sure <laughs> we're not skewing it one way or the other. Yeah, just and that was through three quarters yards. of play, by the way. Not he, we didn't throw in the fourth yeah. quarter. Right. That was very right. easily going to be over four hundred. Right, and that 69 yards that he decided to leave out was literally almost Zach's entire output for the game before we benched him. So it's significant. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That is a brutal way to think about that, Green Bean. I know. You know what, Ryan? They're, like, making me sound like a Zach hater. Like, they're forcing me. <laughs> they're fucking forcing me to be this way. I don't want to be this way. They're making me. Just say just say that you hate Zach Wilson Green Media. Make your life so Clearly, much it's all right. Just let everyone get fired up in the chat. What do you mean you hate that? Oh. Uh, <laughs> just piss everyone. Just piss right. on an anthill. Throw a hand grenade into a room. Uh, Stifler's bomb comes in and says, I hate how people act like Mike White is a journeyman quarterback. This is his sixth start. He can grow to be a better quarterback. Don't forget, guys, he sat behind Dak for two years before he sat behind Darnold and groomed by Mike LaFleur. Just saying... Uh, look, there's a a level of respect and a level of um, understanding that you get from sitting behind uh, other quarterbacks and with different teams as well. And I do think that Mike White should be given the opportunity these last four games because who knows? Maybe he is the guy. Dak Prescott was like a fourth round pick. There's no, you know, Russell Wilson, uh, third round pick. Uh, Kaepernick, I think, was a fourth round pick. Obviously, Brady, sixth round pick. Everyone knows that one. Um you don't have to necessarily get your quarterback at the number two overall selection. It just means you have a higher percentage chance of hitting. But if you hit on the guy in the fifth round and he's giving you the best play, like Green Bean said, in the last like two, three decades uh, that this team has seen, why not roll with the fifth round pick? I have no uh, no, uh, no issues here. I agree with Stifler's mom. Matt, your thoughts on uh, on this comment? Yeah, I mean, I sound like a broken, I feel like a broken record. I said this a few times. You got to, this is Mike's, White's team right now with how he's playing. If he continues to play this way, he's gonna he's gonna start and he's gonna play. That's not to say that there's no chance that they ever go back to Zach Wilson. I think it's dependent on what he does this summer. Maybe it's a wake up call for him. Maybe it does spark something, or maybe he's just not good. And maybe you have something in Mike White. Like 
I, I don't know. I, I don't think you should. I agree that I don't think you should write him off for where he was selected. I think just rationally looking at this, you should just say, oh, wow, he's he's played well in the three games he started this year. This is this is good. And we'll see how he does the rest of the way. Greenbean, your thoughts on, uh, you know, throwing some shade towards Mike White because he's, quote unquote, a journeyman quarterback. Well, I think I think that's a lot of what we're looking at. Now, I think also it's not just that he's he's not really a journeyman. I think we're his second team, right? So that's but I think he has that moniker. Like you said, he's a fifth round pick, but those on their own wouldn't be so bad. But it's the fact that that guy is taking the position of the number two overall pick, a player that Jets fans were saying was a hybrid of Aaron Rodgers and Pat Ma, or, uh, Patrick Mahomes. So it's like, there's it's disappointing. That's what it is. It's like, it's an unwillingness to just accept. If we just look at what's before our eyes, you go, oh, well, that's clearly better than that, right? I mean, somebody's taller. Then you go, no, no, he's, no, look, he's taller. Nope, no, no, no. Like, that's how simple it is to me. I think we're just being resistant. And I think the fifth round pick stuff, and all that has a lot to do with it. But I also think Zach's pedigree has a lot to do with it, too. We had high hopes for him. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, Ahmet says, Bam Knight for Rookie of the Week. Everyone vote yet? Let's go. Guys, if you're just uh, sitting in here and didn't know, the pinned comment in our live chat is a link to the Pepsi Rookie of the Week competition. Bam Knight is up for the award, head over there and vote as many times as you possibly can. Let's get this guy Rookie of the Week. Uh, we love seeing it. Uh, all right. Greenbean, we got all our qualifiers. One more like we get, one more qualifier. Uh, yeah. Matt, can you rattle off uh, five names for us? Absolutely. We'll go. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh. I'm just putting the thing in here. Okay. Did I do it right? Sorry. Nope. Winnert. Shit. I was trying to do it fast. <laughs> all right. Um. Haste makes waste, man. I'm telling you. All right, Matt, I'm ready for you. Okay, we're going to go Hazy Boy Senior, H-O-Z-Z-Y Boy Senior for number one. Awesome. Uh, we'll go UK Jets fan 654. Okay. We'll go Dave Hooper 1894. 1894. We'll go Burnt Dice 2810. Burnt Dice. I'm sorry, what was that 212810? Two, one. Two, one, All right, 810. Okay. And then we'll go The Dead Foxes. That's a good band. Sounds like, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, all right, I got five for us from over on Twitter. We're gonna do Kenneth Duffy. Okay, Kenneth Duffy. All right, we're gonna do Coffee in Jets. Coffee N, the letter Jets. Oh, ah, got it. I like it. Uh, we're gonna do Garrett Will Sim. W-I-L-S capital H-I-M. Will's him. Okay. We're, go we're going to do uh, Woody. 
And he's got a little picture of a penguin after that. Woody penguin? Woody with a picture of a penguin or emoji of a penguin. Okay. Um, and then we're going to do, uh, let's do Mark Ferrero. All right. I had one more in here. Who's the last one? Gelge. 73. Gelge. 73. All right. Got it. We're ready to go. All right. Uh, let's go back to our little three panel segment there. And uh, let's do a little odds or evens here. So three, two, one. That's an eight. We got an even. All right. Matthias Simon, you're out. Solo Marco Polo, you're out. Some guy is gone. Jets forever. You're out. Oh. <laughs> Deserve it. Uh, Knobcraft. <laughs> uh, Carmelo Elboro's way. You're out. Uh, Scott Bombchick. You're out. Hazy Boy Senior's a goner. Dave Hooper's gone. Uh, the Dead Foxes are out. Coffee and Jets is toast. And Woody with the penguin emoji is also out of the contest. All right. Three, two, one. That's an eight. Evens. Ooh. All right. Joe S., you're gone. Eddie McGuire's out. Hawk, you're toast. Come on. All right. Uh, Gelge, you're out. Burnt Dice is gone. And Garrett Wilshim is gone. All right. Three, two, one. That's a six. Evens. Evens all day. Uh, Dominic Del Biondo is gone. Sluggo, you're gone. And Kenneth Duffy is gone. How many we got? Four. All right. Three, two, one. That's six. Wow. Okay. Jets fan, you're out. And Mark Ferraro is out. So we got two. They're down to two. It's Slim and UK Jets fan 654. That's who's left. Oh, man. All right. The first number after King Lowski's second four, plus whatever we throw up. Three, two, one. That is a seven. Seven plus 10 is 17. That's an odd. That's an odd. So the winner is UK Jets fan 654. There it is. I love Congrats. it. UK Jets fan, reach out to me on, uh, reach out to me through Gmail. Jetstalk247 at gmail.com. I'll get your info. I'll ship you a shirt. Um, I don't think I'll have any problems getting it to the UK. I haven't been told that at all. So we'll uh, we'll figure something out. <laughs> we'll get it. Just reach out to me. Let me get your shipping information. Uh, and we'll get you a shirt. Boys and girls, that takes us to the end of our panel. It has been a lot of fun. Let's go around our panel, get our closing thoughts. Green Bean, any last thoughts for our panel? Uh, yeah, um, if you guys are not done talking about Zach Wilson and Mike White, there's a lot more to uncover in this mystery. We will be going live in about 20 minutes on Green Bean Jets fans' private little YouTube channel. Come on over. We'll have a good time. I love it. I love it. And Matt, any last words for our co-pilots and uh, people in the chat? Yes, new episode of Just Jets drops tomorrow morning. We're talking playoff picture. We're talking Robert Sala. 
saying that he's going to meet up with and the Jets are going to meet up with the Bills again. We're answering voicemails and uh, follow along for more content. Matt O'Leary NY. I love seeing it. Boys and girls, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. It's always fun. We'll be back here next week, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock, hopefully talking about a New York Jets win over the Detroit Lions. Make sure you vote for Bam Knight to make it as the Pepsi uh, Rookie of the Week. Guys, this is Ryan signing off. J-E-T-S!